Getting into the word, I've been thinking a lot about something lately, and it's really just kind of led me to uh, this message that I've, God has given me for this day. And what I've been thinking about is thinking. I've been thinking about thinking. That sounds kind of funny, right? And really, uh, there are a lot of scriptures in the Bible as you study it and as you read through there, that talk about the importance of your thought life, right? They talk about the importance of the things that go through your mind on a daily, consistent basis. So much so that we can absolutely infer or interpret from the scriptures that we as believers and as followers of Christ have to place a very significant amount of value and, and to the idea of our thoughts and what they do and what they mean. And we have to place an absolute amount of effort and discipline and prayer into how we steward our thoughts. And I say steward because our mind is a gift from God. It's something that we've been given Right, It's part of who we are. Our, it's part of our soul, actually. I'll talk about that in a second. But our mind is, is kind of like a tool that we've been given to advance forward in this life and to fulfill the things that God has uh, purposed for us to fulfill. And so we have to uh, embrace the fact that we are stewards of our minds. We have to invest the effort and the prayer and the discipline into knowing how to rule our minds or how to uh, lead ourselves in our thought life on a, on a daily basis. And it's interesting, I was doing some research and look, there's a lot of different numbers that people throw out there, but according to the National Science Foundation, the average person produces as many as 50,000 thoughts per day. 50,000 thoughts per day. Now, some people say, you know, if you're a little on the lower side, it could be maybe 15 or 20,000 thoughts a day. And some people say it can be as high as 70 or 80,000. I don't really know if all that matters much, except for it's in the thousands, right? Thousands of thoughts a day that go through our mind just because our mind is continuously engaged in what's happening in our lives. And we think a lot of thoughts that we don't necessarily, uh, you know, it's like they just come to us or they just flow through our minds and we just entertain them. And then a lot of times a thought will come and it'll move us in a direction of thought that will then produce like emotions and then ultimately will influence our actions. And it's really, uh, it's really obviously overwhelming when you think about how many thoughts we have per day and what those thoughts can actually lead to as far as our actions and the things that happen in our lives. In fact, they say about 95% of the thoughts that go through the mind are repeated daily, which is very interesting, right? Because that says that once we get in a course of thought, once we get in a direction of thought, once we get some, our belief system established in certain ways, that we're just kind of like turning those things over every day, and they're just reaffirming and strengthening and propelling us further, faster and faster toward the areas that these thoughts would ultimately lead. And so this is my question uh, that I would pose to you today is, what do you think about your thinking? 
what do you think about your thinking? Because many people that I have found, most people, right? Let's just say all people, that love God, believe that, you know, they're a good person, they're trying to do the right things, would admit that there's just crazy thoughts that sometimes come through your mind that you wish you didn't think, that are not profitable for your spirit, and that you would rather never have into your mind to begin with, right? How many people would just agree with that? I'm going to raise my hand. I know that's the case, right? And so the message today, the title is just a healthy thought life, a healthy thought life. And I want to start by going to the scripture that really uh, is just resonating in me about this message. And it's in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. And Jake, if you can put that scripture up on the, on the screen here for us. Philippians 4, 8. And I'll read. And this is Paul addressing the, the people in the church in Philippi. And he's saying, finally, brethren. So it's kind of a, a new thought here that he's introducing. He's saying, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Meditate on these things. Or think on these things. See, Paul is very clearly got a grasp on the fact that what we think about and what goes through our mind is a very important issue that needs to be addressed with the life of a believer. And he's also very, very uh, grounded in the fact, as you read this scripture, he's, he's specifically saying what types of things that we need to be thinking about, what the traffic of our thought life needs to look like as we move along. He's very clear about the fact that the mind is not an idle machine. It is not a turning it off and turning it on and it just kicks in and kicks off every now and then, like an air conditioner, right? Like when you, sometimes when you need it, it engages and then when you don't, it's off. The mind is not idle. It is always moving along. It is always engaged. It is always active. No matter how aware or, you know, uh, ruling over it we are at moments in time. And Paul is clear about that. And, and because of that, he's giving some specific instruction about the types or the qualities of the thoughts that we need to be entertaining in our minds on a consistent basis that need to be in order to produce the things that God wants to produce in our lives. Because what happens is, is that we're made up, we're, we're, we're body, spirit, and soul, okay? I'm not going to go too far into that. It's a deep thing. But the scripture talks about how we're body, spirit, and soul. Body is our flesh, right? It's, it's all the physical parts of us. And of course, our spirit man is the eternal part of us. And then our soul is our mind, our emotions, our personality, these types of things. And God gives us free will to make choices as it pertains to our actions in life as well as it pertains to our thoughts and our mind. God has given us our mind, but he is not in control of your mind. He is not in control of it. 
He has given you the, the blessing of free will so that you can make decisions and think thoughts and entertain or not entertain things in your mind by your own decision and by your own choice. God has not got his hand on your brain and just doing whatever he wants to do to make you think what it is that he wants you to think. Now, what God does do, according to the scripture, is he does transform our minds and he does guard our minds. Very important thing to, to take note of is transforming. We talked about this a number of weeks ago, but that is the, the idea that as we are abiding in Christ and walking in him in our lives, that by supernatural occurrence in the Holy Spirit is actually transforming and changing our mind as we move along as a result of being in a life of fellowship and abiding in him. And as our minds are transformed, thus the quality of our thoughts and our decisions are, are following suit with that. The Bible also talks about, in fact, just before this verse in uh, verse 8, it talks about how Christ would guard your hearts and your minds, right? And so we know that we can uh, have faith that as we move forward seeking God, there's a spirit of peace that can guard over our minds to help prevent things from the enemy or prevent things that are unhealthy or unpure for creeping in. So God, he can guard and he can transform, but he's not in control of your mind or my mind any more than he is in control of our actions. This is part of our free will makeup that God has blessed us with and given us so that we can choose for him or against him. Part of his perfect plan, right? So, Paul understands that the mind is not an idle machine. How many people remember a movie? Oh, gosh, what was it? Uh, I'm going to sound kind of old all of a sudden here, but this is probably like in the 80s, maybe the 90s. Speed. You guys remember that movie Speed with Keanu Reeves? What was that? Was that 90s? 90s? Never used to feel like that when I would say things. You remember that movie? It was like last year, a couple years ago. Now we're going back over a decade or so. I guess it just gets worse, right, Mom? <laughs> Sorry. In this movie, okay, the plot, it's interesting. Keanu Reeves, he gets on this bus. There's been a bomb that's been put on this bus. And so the people on there are basically... Uh, taken as, as captive, you know, and what happens is, is that this bus, if it drops below 60 miles an hour, the bomb explodes, and everybody on the bus dies, so what Keanu Reeves has to do is he has to keep the bus moving above 60 miles an hour to avoid destruction, but that in itself introduces a whole new set of challenges and circumstances that really before that movie, a lot of people never even thought about. Like, how do you keep a bus going above 60 miles an hour and never drop below it? I mean, there's only so much highway. There's only so much terrain. There's only so much that you can do, right, to navigate that. And, of course, he does it and, you know, saves the day and everything in the end. But here's kind of the point. I was thinking about this in our thought life. It, it's kind of similar. Our thoughts, our mind is going to be moving, is engaged in the life that we're living on a continual basis. And so how we steer our mind through the days as it concerns to the thought life, the traffic of the thoughts that are moving through our mind, 
has everything to do with the outcomes that we see in our actions and in our life and how there are consequences, serious consequences, that end up happening as a result of us not steering the thoughts of our minds properly or, or channeling those thoughts properly throughout our days, right? These things that Paul talks about give us a really good indication of just the quality or the nature of what these, the thoughts that we have throughout our lives need to consist of. And, and this is, I guess, one of the things that was going through my, the mind, it was on my heart, is I, I feel like as I've walked with Christ for a number of years now and allowed God to mold me and fashion me and transform my mind, that really the things that I think about most, and I think about things that I shouldn't, and it, you know, I'm, I'm in that same boat with everybody, but for the most part, the things I think about most that I choose to, to really dwell on and meditate on and ponder are things that pertain to godliness, that it's just about God and who he is or how he's moving in a situation or where he is in a thing or what his plan could be in something like this. And, and so the, the, the direction that my thoughts are always going are in a place that I would say line up with these qualities that Paul tells us to meditate on. And really in any kind of a situation or circumstance that you're facing, you can step back and you can begin to think about it. And you can think about it in different contexts or in different ways. You can think about it in such a way where you drift off course of that road and start to go towards sorrow or the worst case scenarios or how bad things could turn out or whatever. Or you could go in this other direction and you could start to see it in a way that, you know, what is God up to? Or, you know, I, I see the circumstances, but here's what I know God says in his word. Here's what I know God can do. Here's the parts of this that, you know, God could really turn around and use for great. And you can sort of set the tone for how that path really looks as you travel along that thought, right? You can choose to. So think, look at these words for a second where he says, all of these things that are true, noble, just, pure, lovely, good report, if there's virtue, if they're praiseworthy, meditate on these things. True. You know, truth according to how God the truth of God according to his word, right? There's as we walk in Christ and as we move forward in our life, God is constantly revealing new truths to us through his word as we're in prayer and, and these are producing the truth or the beliefs that we have that we think from, right? It's like our thoughts flow out of our belief system, out of the truth that we know uh, to be the case according to the way God sets it. Now some people look at truth and they have a completely different truth that doesn't pertain to God. And then that'll affect how they think on things. But it's according to what they believe to be so. And so I'm saying to this is let God define these things for you. Let God be the one that defines these things in your heart the way that he sees them so that your thoughts are brought more and more into alignment with the way God thinks and the way God sees things. When you look at these things... In any situation in your life, 
that you would meditate on, things that are true, things that are noble, worthy of awe and adoration, things that are just, that are right in the eyes of God, things that are pure, undefiled and clean, lovely, worth having, dearly prized, gifts from God, that are of good report, things that are reputable with God, that are nurturing to our spirit, and that when we speak of, we speak of in a kindly spirit. Things that have virtue in them. They're gracious acts of goodness and uprightness. And things that are praiseworthy, that are fitting for praise, that show God's will on display. When you think about those types of qualities, look at your life and look back at the things that you've been through. And where do you see those things evident in the situations that you have faced? And when you think about your life now, where do you see those qualities emerging from the things that you're going through? How do you see the difficulty that you're in being something that can be praiseworthy and that can generate good report to talk about? You know, when you think about where your life is headed, if you look at it through these qualities of what would happen, things that would occur in your life that God has purposed for you that would be true, noble, just, pure, lovely, of good report, praiseworthy, what does your life look like? What do you see happening in the future in your life when you think about those qualities being manifested and coming to pass? And then choose, as you, as you think through your days and you, your thought life is active, choose to engage your mind purposefully in a course that is meditating and thinking on these through the framework of these types of qualities. Because what are the opposite of these things, right? Think about the opposite of those. Uh, unjust, right? Untrue, without virtue, without good report, not lovely. And, and this is where we sometimes get caught up as we begin to think in a way that's more uh, aligned with the opposite of these types of qualities that Paul is urging us to think through. And those things, ultimately, those thoughts over and over begin to produce and motivate and, and influence our actions that we carry out. And thus, our actions produce in our lives things that are in line with the will of God for us or potentially things that aren't. And when they aren't, they, they're not producing that joy and that happiness and that that fulfillment that we also desperately desire and yearn for. So there are consequences, of course, for not steering our thought life correctly. Proverbs 25, verse 28 says, Whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls. And when we're not steering our minds and, and ruling our, our thoughts properly and allowing them to drift off course of ways that are unhealthy and, and not in line with the way Scripture uh, urges us to think, then it makes us susceptible to a lot of things that we don't want to invite in. You know, a city broken down without walls is indefensible. It's just completely open to attack. Any enemy can come in at any moment and begin to lay assault to the people in that city. And so your mind, if left unguarded and, and not stewarded and not directed in the proper way, becomes like a, a weakened defense system 
for things of the enemy to begin to come in and influence your thought life and ultimately begin to steer you off course of the things God is trying to produce in your life. And this is one of the things that I see a lot of times when I'm speaking to people and trying to discern like what's going on in their life, maybe that they're struggling with. or One of the biggest things that I see is that the things they think about all the time are not in alignment with the, the stuff that the Scripture's talking about. They're thoughts of hopelessness, thoughts of despair, thoughts of I, self-condemnation, not being worthy, uh, bad self-image. I mean, so many of these things that are just like a, a, like, a, like a movie flick, just playing over and over and over again in their mind, day after day, 95% of the thoughts being the same things, leading them in the opposite direction of where God would have them to go. And I would say that when we're not guarding and steering our minds and purposefully in the direction of the quality of our thoughts being in line with what Scripture is saying, that we subject ourselves to things like this. You know, depression, and uh, fear and anxiety. I mean, one of the biggest ways that they gain power over us is that they, they feed thoughts into our mind that are contradictory to who God says we are and what God says we have. And they feed them, and then if our mind is, is lowered in its defenses and we just start thinking down those patterns of thought then those things begin to become more and more of a, of a belief system for us or a reality to us that ultimately lead to the way we act and the way we make decisions. They're flowing out of these untrue things and then therefore produce a life of dysfunction, chaos, and just opposing the beautiful life that God has for you. That these things manipulate our thoughts and cause us to steadily go in the opposite direction of where God would have us to go. And one thing to just mention here that I think has helped me a lot is uh, when, when those times occur, when you feel like a thought is coming to you that's just totally not in the direction you know that God would have you to go and you recognize that, there's a scripture in the book of James, chapter 4, verse 7. It says, Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And one of the things that God showed me in this scripture was, notice here that submit to God comes before resist the devil. How for us to try to resist and just like fight these thoughts away, without actually submitting ourselves to God first is, is really kind of a futile thing. That many times we're going to lose that battle if we just try to battle it on our own in our own strength. But if we know that our thought pattern is going in an unprofitable direction or thoughts like sparrows shooting across the sky or just entering our mind, right, then we have the ability to just, Jesus, 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 help me, God. Help me, God. I don't want to think that. I don't want to think that. Help me, God. And not allow that thought to be harbored and then begin to turn into a pattern of thought or a direction of thought that it would uh, threaten to produce in our minds, right? So submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And I can tell you that every time that I have done that, when I've noticed, man, this is not good. What am I thinking about here? And just really just, Jesus, 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 submit to God, submit to God. God, please help me. 
and then allow the Holy Spirit to just come and just sort of wash over you, and then you just resist that temptation, it's like the enemy just flees back and just moves back hundreds of yards away, and you can feel the peace in that environment start to set in. So, Paul gives us a great indication of what the steady flow of traffic in our thought life needs to look like as we move along. It's not so much, it's more about continually having the flow of the right thoughts and the good qualities of thoughts through our mind on a consistent basis more than it is trying to stop all the bad thoughts. Now, I've just talked to you about when those thoughts tempt you to harbor them, one way to approach that. And it is important that we recognize those times when the wrong thoughts are trying to creep in and we put a stop to that and don't allow that to turn over into something that's wrong in our lives, like where we begin to think down that pattern. But I, I firmly believe, okay, that it's more about consistently thinking on the right things and continuously meditating on the, the, your thoughts in line with the qualities and nature and characteristics of God as you continuously do that, that produce more and more and more of a steady flow of these profitable, uh, godly th- this way of thinking that's happening in your life on a consistent basis. Does that, does that make sense? It's about you yourself regularly looking for the things in your life, looking for the things that God is planning for you that are true, that are noble, that are just and pure, that are lovely, that are of good report, that have virtue in them, that are praiseworthy, looking for evidence of those things all around you, which there are if you see them through God's eyes and meditating on things continuously in line with those qualities. And as you do that more and more and more, that is more of the flow of your thought life. Then you begin to see uh, the evidence of that in your actions. And ultimately your actions lead to your behavior, which are patterns of actions. And ultimately your behavior leads to the life that you're building. Right. And Jesus understood this too, because Look, when he talked about, if you, I'm not talking about just lusting or just uh, committing adultery, but if you lust after a woman in your mind, then you're also committing adultery. Look, he understood, he went a step back from the action and addressed the thought life. He, he understood the importance of the quality, of the nobility, of the purity, of the truth in your thoughts that flow through your mind and how significant that was as it, as it applied to our actions that would eventually be produced or the behavior that would be produced in our life as a result of that. So he said, you know, never mind the, the action. We understand that part. Let's go a further step back and let's talk about even before the action happened where it was beginning in your thought life, another place you have free will in another place that God gives you authority but doesn't control that you have to steward that God is charging you with to to watch over and guard. Let's address the issue there in the thought life before it ever even becomes an action and let's stop the process or the the, the pattern of thought that would go down that direction that would ultimately lead to sin. Let's stop it right there before it ever even begins to flow in your mind as a pattern of thinking. Right? Jesus understood that. And so we, we've, got to, we've got to step back and look at Scripture, and we've got to understand that it's telling us, look, man, 
our thoughts and the way we think are so important. And our mind is moving. It's engaged all the time. And so we're not going to stop it from thinking. We don't just turn it off. But what we do do is we steer it. And we choose what the quality of the things that we're thinking are. And the, the way that we meditate and the way that we look on things. I, my wife, she kids around with me. Like, a lot of times I'll be sitting there just looking off in space, you know. And uh, she'll be like, what are, you, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm just gathering my thoughts, you know, just thinking. And uh, really, there's moments and there's times where I just like to sit back and I just like to think about where all of these wonderful qualities are happening in my life right now? Where do I see evidence of God doing noble things in my life? Where do I see his truth being uh, applied and things happening as a result of the promises that he has for me? You know, where, where do I see the, the things that are lovely, that God has blessed me with, that are worthy of having, that I prize dearly, that are not something that just randomly occurred, but that God has given me? You see how you could think differently? You could look at something and just say, oh, that's cool. I'm glad that I got that or I'm glad that happened. Or you could examine that thing and you could think, man, that's a gift from God. Every pure Good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights, who there's no variation or shadow of turning. God gave me that. That's a result of me following God, seeking him, and him blessing me with that. And then and you begin to meditate on things in your life through that type of thought quality, and then it steers you and moves you more and more into the direction of these things happening and being produced in your life. More things that are worthy of praise. More things that have virtue in them. Acts of graciousness and kindness that you are, uh, that, are ha- that are happening in your life. That you're moving in the direction of. That you're seeing evidence of God's will on display. So when you look at your life, where do you see these things? And when you look forward to the life God has for you, what does it look like through the lens of these types of qualities uh, occurring? Proverbs 23, 7 says, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Right? And so we know that ultimately our thoughts are going to lead to our actions. Ask God to help you define these things, these qualities, a good thought life, right, Uh, through his eyes. Ask him to help you think the way he thinks and see the way he sees so that he can impart more truth to you and that your belief system can begin to be formed around the truths of God according to his word and in alignment with his will for your life as opposed to anything else that could be the case. We must seek, ask, and knock. Right? It says seek and you'll find. Ask and you'll receive. And knock and it'll be open. And as we begin to, to do those things toward the truth of God and his thoughts and his ways for our lives, then we'll, he will begin to impart to us more of his divine truth according to his word. And then as that truth is imparted into us, it begins to form our belief system, the way we view 
the world to be and the way we see things to be the case, the truth that we uh, base our view on. And then in turn, our thoughts are driven by that belief system of truth that God is imparting to us and giving us, not allowing the world to give us that, but seeking God for that. And then as our thoughts begin to move along in the, in the quality of God's way of thinking, then our actions are, are kind of forming in line with our thoughts according to the truth of God. And then our actions begin to develop our behavior in the life that we build, right? So I end with this in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. This is in the Amplified Version. It says, For the word that God speaks is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life, the soul, and the immortal spirit, and of the joints and marrow of the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes of the heart. As we seek God in his word, what God's word has the ability to do is it has the ability to put your thought life under an examination screen. It has the ability to take your, your previous belief systems that you've developed and put them on the operating table and begin to cut away the things that are not of God, that are not of his truth, that are not in line with what his word says and not in line with what his purpose and will for your life is. It's amazing how the Word of God can do that. As you read the Bible and you study God and His nature and His character, and you begin to see those truths open up and God begins to impart revelation to you, it just begins to just like cut away thoughts and old things that really aren't of Him. It's like they can just pull them out, uproot them, and do away with them all in one moment of revelation. And at the same time, deposit something new and something true and something fresh that will begin to immediately redefine your belief system in an area and begin to motivate your thought pattern, your pattern of thoughts in your life that ultimately lead to new actions and new, new behaviors, right? The Word of God can do that. It's like it, when you read it, you're reading it seeking God, but it's almost like your life, your mind, and your thoughts, and your heart are, are kind of under examination. And as you see truth for what it is, anything that's contrary to truth, you become convicted of, right? And God can do away with that. That's what it says. It, the, the Word of God exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes of the heart. We should be busy about engaging in this process so that we can allow a steady inflow of God's truths to continue to shape our belief system that we are, obviously, our thought life is being motivated by and see the quality of our thoughts continue to improve more and more and more. And the way we view things, circumstances in life, begin to be framed more from the way God views them than the way we would previously have viewed them or even the world would to ultimately lead to the actions that God 
is asking of us to line up with what his will for our life is. And I see such many situations where there's people that they, they love God, they've given their heart to Jesus, you know. Of course, this is definitely the case with people that, that are unbelievers, but even people that have given their life to Jesus, they love God, but they're not steadily engaged in the process of of reading God's word, of praying, of seeking him so that their thoughts, their mind and everything there can be under examination and that God's truth and revelation can continue to be imparted and new things filled into them. And so what you see is you don't see a life that's really steadily changing and progressing and moving more towards the things of victory and more towards the things uh, of purpose that God has for them. And, and, I, and you just you see that a lot. And we have the ability, the choice, the, the, the free will to seek God, to pursue him, and to ask for him to continue to impart new uh, truths and his thoughts and his ways so that we can then obviously act out the things in our life that he would have us to do to bring his will to pass. Let's stand to our feet.